0: Hey guys how's it going this is gavin welcome to the holy hour podcast this is the all cure podcast where we talk about cure stuff yeah man has it been two weeks already this is a bi-weekly podcast is what we shoot for sometimes we'll throw in a little extra one uh just to spice it up but uh for the most part we keep it at two weeks and um let you stew on it for a little bit but uh is everyone adjusting out there? This is a It's a weird time of year. This is uh, where it's still cold here in North Carolina, but um, we're acting like it's spring already. We just sprung ahead an hour, so everyone's dealing with the time changes, and um, on top of that, we just got back from a week in California, which was awesome. I'll give you more details on that, but there's the whole old man jet lag factor. It's never used to bother me, but, uh, I guess when you travel with a kid who's, like, on a schedule all the time for every damn minute of everything, it really throws it off. So we're, uh, rebounding from the three or four hours difference there, and then get the extra time change hour thrown on top. So I don't know what the hell time it is, to be honest, and, um, or what internal time I'm on. And I'm sure, hopefully, um, not all of you feel this way, but, um... Yeah, so uh, what? what? Welcome to this uh, podcast. And um, yeah, we, uh, this is probably the closest we'll ever come to a live Holy Hour podcast. So um, I'm literally going to post this as soon as it's done recording. Um, So today's Monday, and I could say that almost in real time. Um, We we did kind of plan this one, though. Um, We've got three in the works right now that are really good solid episodes but they're still being edited and um still being planned out in different stages so uh we got a lot to look forward to but i thought i'd uh kill a little time here by talking about the song end of the world off of the uh, 2004 self-titled album and uh, a a lot of mixed feelings on this song i think in general but um but I think it's a solid tune. And, and why the end of the world? What what brings that on? Just because of a time difference, Gavin? Come on, don't be so melodramatic. Well, no, not entirely. But um, because I did just get back from an awesome trip to California and I didn't want to just babble about my vacation to you guys, Um, I was like, well, what's the most California-related thought or song that The Cure has that I could babble about to you guys for a while? And um, so I thought about it. They don't really have any, like... Uh, basking in the sun kind of songs by any means Um, or anything that even kind of associate with California as far as I'm concerned or I don't know if anybody else feels otherwise let me know but um so I thought maybe personal stories and I was like you know what there is a a California personal story and um I've only been out to California a couple times and I love it out there you know LA in particular I feel like gets a bad rap you know even though it's you know gets enough credit i think people (laughs) it's not an underdog city by any means but at the same time it always gets paired with new york and people always battling back and forth between new york and this and that and and um and a lot of people just like man it's just too crazy out there or whatever i love it and um I, i think it's just you know again maybe it's the old man factor but uh i i think it's having perfect weather every day doesn't hurt you know like, when we were out there, the first few days, people were actually like, yeah, man, sorry, this weather just totally sucks. It's not like this. I'm like, what? You got to put, like, a hoodie on? So they're all, like, apologizing? It was so weird. But like I said, I'll go into my personal details later of my trip out there. But I was like, well, what song could I associate with California? And, um, and I thought back to it was the second time I'd gone out there, and it was 2004 early 2004 and it was coachella um the big festival it's blown up huge now that everyone's probably familiar with on some level or not um but in 2004 it was definitely big but it was maybe like the f- third or fourth one so it was still kind of taking off and um and you know i'd been kind of scoping it out and thinking it looked cool just because it was so massive and i loved the idea of just going out to this cool ass desert and seeing a bunch of bands and you know, the the years leading up, <clears throat> it was like literally every cool indie rock band, you know, playing at some part of this festival. So I was like, oh, well, that sounds pretty, pretty cool. And um, sure enough, around 2004, they announced that Cure was headlining one of the nights. It was only two nights then, too. Um, so it was like you know and maybe everybody always thinks when they go to one of these things that they went in the heyday um i'm not sure what the lineup was immediately after after the year that the cure played but i felt like it definitely blew up so big after that you know that obviously a lot of people had great memories and associations of bands and even now when they announce the bands there's like a billion of them so you know obviously there's a lot of cool bands that play it but um Seems like it's gotten a little ridiculous. I like to think that I went on the best one, but I'm sure a lot of that's just my musical preference and the bands that were playing and the fact that it was still, you know, just two nights. I think it's like two weekends now or something, and it just seems ridiculous. But um, so I was happy I caught it when it was still, you know, a doable thing, and it was a really well-managed festival anyway. Once I got out there, I was shocked that, like, it wasn't like a Bonnaroo kind of thing where you just line up in one giant field, you know, and you're just fucking dying out there for 20 hours straight you know and there was definitely a little of that but it was so like well spaced out with all the different stages and everything and which is also tough because then you have to do like you know management skills and figure out which bands playing on this stage and it overlaps by 15 minutes so you gotta go see this band and that but we kept it super chill and uh i decided what the hell we're gonna go out to Coachella and um at the time let's see early 2004 i was on the inside i guess of a really bad breakup and i'd met this crazy girl that um we just hung out constantly pretty much from the get-go but we didn't date because um you know i was working some shit out still so um so we just did all these cool adventures together and um of course that lovely lady would, would eventually um become my wife and uh we still go on crazy adventures together but um it was weird yeah like the first year of our relationship we just kind of you know we must have known on some level i can't even imagine most of my friends wanting to fly out to the desert and hang out with them for like you know that amount of time and that kind of commitment of a trip i'm not a huge traveler by that point i'd traveled a little bit but uh it wasn't like the kind of dude that just hops on planes to go see a band on a whim you know but um you know, we hadn't seen the Cure much at that point, and this new album was coming out. We didn't really know anything about it, um, and they're headlining this awesome festival. Just to give you the background, if you're not familiar with that year, Radiohead was hot headlining the night before. Who well, I'm not, you know, I love Radiohead, but I'm not a huge Radiohead fan by any means. Um, but would you know, definitely dig them in a situation like that. The Pixies were reuniting for the first time. Maybe they haven't done it like one other festival, so that was a big deal. Um, uh you know nobody knew how long that was gonna last or what so um so that was cool we saw like stereo lab we saw it was around all those like uh um that era with like broken social scene and bright eyes and azure and metric all those guys were all playing which was cool um yeah we just saw so many good bands flaming lips were before the cure um which you know soft bulletin rules but not a huge flaming lips fan i think i've ranted about the bubble incident before on this show um which is bound to come up again but anyway so coachella we got out there and it's uh super sunny awesome great time like we said uh first day we kind of kept it easy i remember the second day was more of the bands that we really love, so we kind of hopped around that was the cool thing about the layout of the festival was that um you could kind of just like hang in the back and still see shit and enjoy it without being like totally squished in there unless you wanted to be um and for a lot of those bands i liked but i didn't really care to be in the front row or anything in a desert sweating my ass off so um so we hung out in the back a lot and just kind of bashed around and um huge drinker at the time but like it's so hot out in the desert you don't even think about getting a beer because one it was like ten dollars a beer probably and uh you know, you're just in a fucking desert, you know, it's the last thing you wanna do is even as a drunk, you don't wanna like chug beers probably. And um yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like Beck just showed up and did like an acoustic thing. I'm not even a huge Beck dude, but I do like his I like sad Beck, you know. And uh he did like an acoustic set that was really cool. Um, which was really packed, but uh so anyway, um, first night, no cure, but we, we enjoyed it and we drove back out. We got this really crappy hotel that was nowhere near the fucking festival. So it was a long drive afterwards, but we finally made it back. And I guess cause of the time change and everything, we made it back to the hotel and, um, and the cure, I guess that earlier that day had taped, um, Leno, I believe it was, uh, they were on one of the late night talk shows. I'm pretty sure it was uh tonight show and um so they played end of the world and that was the first time i'd ever heard this song and uh i was just like you know like any new cure song you're kind of just like in awe for the first half of the song and um i'm like sweet you know he's not doing anything you know obviously stupid or anything you know he's not like trying to rap or just totally change up their sound or anything (laughs) you know so i was just like Pretty much in love with it from the start there i was like that's fucking rules man it's great and i was just so happy to see them and made me so much more pumped to see them the next night um just knowing that you know the only new song that i knew about was awesome so so yeah going into night two of coachella the you know anxiety is higher and um basically at that point all these amazing bands just become opening acts that are in the way of seeing the cure at that point, I hadn't seen them since 2000, I guess, for Bloodflowers at Um So yeah, it had been a good four years, going on four years at that point, and um, totally dying to see them. Um, so yeah, I remember a couple good shows, uh, Air was opening, that was kind of cool, and around Air was around the time that I started my maneuvering. I'm sure there was more diehard fans out there that were camped out in front of the cure stage the whole day and just missed every other band didn't care um just to get a good spot for the cure god bless you but i you know had to bash around a little bit so um around air i started maneuvering in and uh we did pretty good we were able to shuffle in for a little bit on air then the flaming lips came in and luckily um luckily for us i guess a lot of people shuffled out or around and um and and we got a good good spot maybe um for for the through the Flaming Lips into the opening of the Cure and I remember Flaming Lips real quick again took forever because it was the first time he did the uh get inside the ball thing and roll around and everyone's like wow man he's in a ball I'm just like just get off the stage you know like I don't have anything against Flaming Lips by any means even enjoy a lot of their songs but you know I don't want to see this asshole try to get inside of a giant ball instead of you know, getting Robert Smith and the gang up there, man. So um, so that, that was driving me a little bit crazy. Uh, but a lot of people were losing patience, I think, and they'd kind of shuffle out and we'd be able to move up a little closer. So probably paid off in the long run. But by the time they finally came out, it was cool. I remember it was a fairly solid set, but, you know, it's always a bit of a bummer at the festivals it it's shorter and a little more singles heavy um but yeah in there they they threw in i believe it was just the three three new songs from the album uh the self-titled album that hadn't come out yet and they opened with lost and ended with promise and um and threw end of the world in there and um hearing end of the world the second time by that point was like really cool and then hearing it live you know so um i mean i guess the video was live too but um in person live but uh it was really great and uh just having that cure experience of like hearing you know other two songs too for the first time live is pretty cool uh you don't get that a lot with cure songs but um so that was awesome i'm really pumped for this song by this point and uh we wrap up our coachella experience and um we went on, had a great trip. We stayed a couple extra days. Went out to Joshua Tree, and that uh, was the first time that I'd stayed in in room eight. Totally unrelated, but any music fan might be able to appreciate. It. I'm not sure how much Cure fans or Graham Parsons, uh, alternative country rocker from the late '60s into the '70s, I was in the Flying Burrito Brothers and the Birds for one album. But uh, anyway, Graham Parsons a huge hero my hero of mine, and uh, he. Uh, he died in this inn out in Joshua tree. And it was a place where he hung out with Keith Richards out there all the time. And, uh, just huge history behind this cool inn. And, um, we've gone a few years since then even, but the first time we went out there, we met, uh, this great Australian couple and, uh, they've been real good friends ever since. And, um, so yeah, it, it was just one of those magical kind of trips where you make lifelong friends and awesome memories and all this. And then we wrapped it up where, a friend out in uh, San Diego that I never get to see much. And um, so we got to pop over there and hang out with her. But in doing that, it was cool because in that morning, something happened when we were staying at her, her boyfriend's house and we went back to her house. And it was one of those things where we're getting shuffled around to the, I think she was giving us a ride to the airport or maybe we were just hanging out in the morning. But um I guess on KCRW, maybe one of the bigger uh, radio stations, a they played end of the world so they had the actual studio single of it and that was the first time so in the span of those three days three or four days maybe i got to hear um you know them on leno play the song i got to see you know them play it live at coachella and then hear the actual song and uh it didn't disappoint and it was even better so i was like wow this recording is amazing and if anything hurt my like, you know, expectations for the self-titled album. Cause I was like, holy shit, I really dig this song. And, um, and yeah, so I mean, based on that idea, I guess the actual recording of the song, um, I do like this song a lot and maybe it is just all the sentimental attach, sentimental attachments that I have with it. But, um, I think it's a solid tune for sure. And easily the best one on the self-titled album, I think, um, I think it's a solid single if you put that on pretty much any of the greatest hits compilations. I think it blends in well and uh, and definitely is just a cool single. Um, I'm all for it. I know a lot of people are like, when they play it live or whatever. But, um, you know, I think it's by Cure standards, maybe not their best you know, single by any means. But um, when you're looking at what it's comparing to, but that's kind of... Unfair, you know. Um, I think it's a catchy. I love the way it just comes barreling out the vocals, and um, that bass line. Of course, it's like something you could say about every Cure song. Just about the like, cool bass line and um, just catchy. Um, it does lose steam a little bit for some reason, um, in particular live. Uh, I don't know if it's just a little thinner, um, but it does seem like somewhere around the middle of the song, I can't ever really put my finger on why or what. Maybe it's the part i don't know but something by that point just feels like it's not a long song by any means it's like three minutes 30 seconds but i feel like something's just maybe kind of a little redundant by the end um but you know who the fuck am i to tell robert smith how to structure a song but uh, so i don't know it just seems like something in live in particular it seems to lose like a little bit of steam by that last because i like the bridge a lot like the, the um it's you know the you want me to hide mm, mm, mm. that part um so cool but yeah maybe just the oohs they could take out because i love like the moog and um the keyboard riffs and stuff are real cool and they stand alone fine i think there's a section just a full-on kind of solo-ish section there and um that's real cool but yeah something about the oohs maybe could probably lose it or maybe it does it twice and they could kind of scrapped one maybe in my opinion but like i said Who am I? What do I know? But, um, and then, you know, of course, pairing it with the rest of the self-titled album. I feel like it always gets cut when I babble about that album on episodes for this show. But, um, it's probably my least favorite Cure album, which still says a lot, but says, you know, my least favorite awesome album. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. I blame the Ross Robinson dude. But, um... You know, we'll save that if we ever make it to the full episode of the album ones. It's just that kind of first signs of these, like, aggression songs that don't really go anywhere. And um, I'm sure Mr. Robinson isn't the full blame on that. But um, I just feel like, yeah, something uh, like a lot of the songs just get a little too emo, but not in a cure way, you know? And um, I'll put the blame on him because I felt like 413 Dream didn't have any of that, really. I mean, a little bit, but not not as direct and um so for some reason i don't know and like end of the world doesn't have any of that so i feel like that's a you know and for nothing else you know the cures established themselves enough or i i don't hold it against them i think they deserve as many albums as they want if the if it's packed full of mediocre songs and there's one song as good as end of the world then all, all the power to you and uh, and there's some other good ones on there too. So don't get me wrong. Let's not get all tangled up in self-titled uh, 2004 Cure album world. Let's just focus on "Ends of the World." And uh, yes, yeah, so I think it's a cool song. I'm all for it. Um, the video was cool too. Um, um, do you guys remember the video? It had a, it was a weird era of videos where a lot of people were doing like this stop-motion animation um i think just because it got cheaper but you know this was one where they're doing it with actual uh you know tangible products and stuff it wasn't so much animation even um but um yeah it might not even have been real stop motion i don't know but that's what they're going for with like the herky jerky kind of actions and i think it's cool like i i don't know i was always kind of torn on the video too it's almost like the the song where it's like 90 percent perfect but then something still can't really and uh i don't know but i think it's cool like the the house is cr- crumbling around robert smith and stuff and um he looks real cool in the video and stuff and the the, the tones and the visuals of the color and everything look real good i don't like the herky jerky stop motion of robert in it like i feel like if they'd done it some way where like the all the stuff around him was doing that and he wasn't it would have been kind of cool but um like like the dishes and the sink start out and then they all just crumble and the house crumbles and the whole ice cube thing's a little weird um not even weird it's just kind of like uh props you know it seems like there's a lot of just props in the video where he just like reaches in grabs an apple and then his whole hand freezes into a giant ice cube it's like what What the fuck is that have to do so anyway um yeah so i don't know it's cool and then the rest of the band doesn't come into the song until like the last you know verse maybe or something and uh they're all kind of herky-jerky too which is a little a little cool i don't know i guess there's dumber videos that have been made but um you know for such a good song it probably could have been taken up a little bit there's like one of those making of videos i remember at the time maybe mtv2 was showing them and uh you could probably find it on youtube it was pretty cool just the See, anytime you see like Cure just hanging around making a video, there's always funny, cool little in-between stuff. So try to track that down. But yeah, I thought it was a cool video. Um, As far as the actual single, let's talk about the B-sides for like a split second. I don't know. This Morning and Fake were the B-sides on the CD single that I have anyway. And um, eh, I don't know. This album in particular, I I listened to them again this morning and uh, I kind of liked them more than I thought I would. Um, I think they both could have been even swapped out for a few songs on the album um but that being said there's still i don't know this is kind of the part of part of the problem i had with the actual album of the self-titled one was a lot of the songs are just like like this morning in particular it starts out real cool you know you can feel like you're gearing up towards something that you would enjoy but uh i don't know it just doesn't go anywhere really i don't know i feel like it's parts of it are cool the melodies are, are cool but then just kind of like flounders a little bit. Not even floundering, doesn't even like it doesn't have a distinct moment, it's like, ooh, what was that? It's kinda like it just doesn't have that huge chorus or something that like Robert Smith's writing normally has, you know? And it kinda becomes like a a main thing with a lot of these songs, these later songs where it's just like they're cool, but they just don't really hit it out of the park the way that he had. But you know, like I said, fucking 11 albums worth of amazing you know you're allowed to just write some shit why not so um uh so yeah anyway this morning and um fake is the other one that one same deal where it's like cool but it's like i don't know as many times as i listened to it i could just never even like remember it as soon as it's done it's like i enjoy it while i'm listening to it it's not like bad by any means but like just doesn't really stick with you, so you know. But that's what most people's B sides are like. So, just means they're human, now I guess. <laughs> so who knows? But yeah, so I'm I'm on board for end of the world. I think it's a cool song, and um, I don't know. I, I didn't really get a chance to throw out much Instagram, you know, please for for contributions. But um, seemed like people are down. I'm I'm always a little curious of people's opinions of the. Later stuff, uh, you know, it seems pretty polarized where some people really stick by it with all of the Cure catalog and say, are you fucking nuts? This is great. And uh, other people that clearly have a uh, cutoff of when the songs just, they don't even really you know register (laughs) so um i'm not sure if this one falls into that category or not for the majority of people so feel free to contact me with any stories you do have if you still have any and uh or just straight up opinions of this song because i I don't know i think it's a cool one and um like i said it might just be because i have those california attachments but um so you know and i thought about it a lot on this trip out we just took a trip out as i was telling at the top of this episode um my wife surprised me for my 40th birthday, and um, so yeah, I, I, Got it. what day and time? the fuck, what, day and time? what time, time what Alexa, what the fuck Alexa just, a.m. okay, go, go back to sleep Alexa, to so my sister-in-law. <laughs> got me one of those Alexa things the uh amazon thing and I, you know it's it's great entertainment for the four-year-old but uh she just talks like out of nowhere she'll just say some weird shit like that while i'm trying to podcast alexa what is the cure's best song hmm, i don't know but you can take a look at the Bing search link i added in the alexa. see she's always just trying to get you to buy shit. And it's like cool thanks good night um so anyway sorry about that alexa just interrupted us um where was i oh yeah our trip i just turned 40 and she uh took took us back to um uh took took us out to california and we chanced it we brought our four-year-old with us and uh i don't know how you guys feel about traveling with a kid he's amazing i love my kid so much and uh he's, he's a blast and she knew that i'd be more comfortable even as stressful as traveling with him would be um than leaving him you know with a grandparent or something uh for a week but um boys it, it does take the stress up a, a couple notches for sure and you know it's tough because little things that we would do you know just go out to shows or something we couldn't do and uh go to a nice restaurant even or something like that so it's tough you know i wouldn't trade any of it in a, you know in a minute i would not trade it and uh you know just seeing him run around the damn sand makes it all worth it it's uh but at the same time it's like man i just wanted to record shop you know and uh amoeba music is out there so um if anybody's familiar with the area it's like the most amazing record store it's just like so much shit there and you could just spend the entire day there and uh and she kind of worked that in there and wanted me to just spend the whole day there and of course there's like no bathroom in this giant store and it's right in the middle of l.a and um it was, it was just tough. We couldn't do it with the kid. She wanted to take him around, just drive him around. But he was real whiny because we went too early in the week, and he was all thrown off by the time changes and shit. So he wanted snacks and naps and all this stuff. And so we had to break it up into two, which was awesome on my wife to be like, "Here, I'll just drop you off. You could spend about an hour and a half in there." So I was just like blowing through all the used stuff, and um, was kind of looking for some rare cure shit and. Um, didn't really find too much definitely not the first time there i found a, a they had like i got a shirt but it's kind of just a generic shirt like the killing an arab eyes um uh, the single and uh i haven't seen that one quite as much they had like the kiss me one too they're all like you know reissue newer versions or whatever that you can get pretty easy online but it was just cool just to get it right there and have it um so i got a, another cure shirt just what I needed. And, um, but then I did find one for my collection. Like I'd love to have like the crazy vinyl collectors, you know, like I just can't get into that world, you know, like I just don't have the money and, and, uh, I just always feel so defeated by it. So I always keep my like goals modest, you know? And, um, uh, so I wanted to have every, every single, every cd single that they've put out and i've had them all except i never had gone on cd single because by the time gone came out the last single on wild Midswings, swings um they're like really rehashing just remixes and, and there's like a billion different versions like the mint car single had like three different versions of mint car or something like that you know and it just started to get a little bit annoying and it wasn't really like for good b-sides anymore you know like the b-sides are pretty cool but at the same time you know they're they're starting to throw in a lot of like remixes and stuff as b-sides and uh so i never had like strange enough donald always had the gone single and i was like always envious of that and um and uh i always wanted it and you know they had it there finally and they, they go pretty high now even on amazon but um or discogs but uh so they had it. It was like eight bucks, which is ridiculous for four songs, three of which are just bad remixes of the song that I don't really love that much anyway. But uh, just for completing the the CD single portion of my collection, um, I think I got them all now. I Still need to find something of maybe someday, but I don't think that I don't know if they really ever put out an f- official single of that. There's just like little promos and stuff, since there was no like actual singles from. Uh, blood flowers, I don't think so Might be wrong on that I'm sure there's some Version though that would stand as a Released single so um, So other than that I think I got them all now still isn't like a huge Accomplishment by any means uh, I don't think they started putting out the CD singles until Disintegration maybe is where it starts um, So I got Disintegration up When the Lotto or something I would love to Get all the actual 7 inches and stuff Would be great but uh not going to happen anytime soon, but along those lines and uh, why I'm babbling about record shopping in California, if anybody, since this is pretty much in real time, anybody out there, it was called the Record Parlor, I believe. Oh man, I might be mixing them up. But yeah, I believe it was uh, um Record Parlor. And um, that had a 12 inch single of Letter to Elise. So if anybody in the LA area is looking for that one. Uh, go check it out so it was an all vinyl one and um yeah i believe it was record parlor and they had like all the standards too they had like all the reissues on vinyl and stuff pretty decent prices but the and i think it's probably what it's going for online but it was like 30 bucks for letter to elise single and um you know that's just too much for three damn songs that i already have on like a billion different formats you know but uh has the cool artwork and everything so anybody looking for that one head on down record parlor had it and uh, a couple other cool record shops fingerprints i saw lowell had done a reading or something there they had um, an autograph of his for sale which is a little weird up on the wall with like a cool little promo poster and stuff with pearls art so that was cool but you know getting an autograph that you didn't actually get is always kind of silly too so um yeah, but that was just a really good record store that that I didn't really necessarily buy anything at, but, um, yeah, so that was cool. Um, and I, I guess that's the only cure related shopping. Um, when we walked outside of our little apartment out towards Venice beach there that we were staying at, um, it was a cool piece of the concrete where somebody had written Robert Smith into the, the cement. And, uh, I'm sure it could have just been somebody named Robert Smith. Um, 99% sure it wasn't actually robert smith that wrote his name in the cement but i don't know why and it was kind of cool especially because my kid was goes robert smith of the cure and um not that he could read it but i said hey robert smith he's like robert smith of the cure so um so that was kind of cool and um more california memories i guess so anyway i guess i'll wrap this one up short um thanks for listening and uh i'm sorry that this one was a bit weak but um We'll we'll make it up to you, I promise. Hopefully, uh, in the next week. So this won't even be a bye week, will you? One, we'll just kind of make this a bonus one, and we'll throw something a little more substantial at you next week. And uh, thanks for listening. Um, and other cure news, I think they did announce that Lowell's gonna be doing a a, um, a reading at uh, where was it called? Somewhere out in L.A. Because I was pissed. It's like it's on Robert's birthday, April twenty first. So we're only missing it by about a month, and they're doing. A screening of um in orange or in orange or however you want to alex Trebek it but um but uh he's gonna do like a reading i guess at a viewing of the film and um so that would be pretty awesome i forget where the theater was but if you look at the cures website or chain of flowers or something you can easily find all the all the details but that would be awesome so go check that out and um as far as other stuff just keep your ears peeled Um, I promise the next upcoming episodes will be a little more uh, professional and uh, thorough and not me just talking about my vacation. And um, in the meantime, go on over to uh, Facebook and find the Facebook pages. I'll post a picture of that Robert Smith written in cement for all the world to see and uh, a few other things, maybe the video of End of the World or that making of if I can find it. So go on over to Facebook, find that, go to Instagram and follow the Holy Hour podcast. Um, That way, you know, you can contribute to wonderful episodes like this and many more. Uh, there's, There's bound to be some good topics on the horizon and we want your input as much as possible um on top of that you know itunes is where it's at just go on over subscribe there so either if it's weekly or bi-weekly and you can't ever figure out what the hell our schedule is that's totally understandable just subscribe to the holy hour podcast on itunes and they'll just pop up you won't have to worry about finding it whenever it's we get our shit together so um on top of that be sure to go over to cure fan documentary and uh get all the latest scoop on arusha's project push and um follow all her social media outlets there at cure com, and then go spend some money buy some cool stuff at mixedupgifts.com um, where you can find some cure related items as well as countless other cool gifts and you can make a cool indie gift basket for a loved one or friend and um my kid you know he's been getting into ryan adams a lot and um as I am, but he's really into Ryan Adams' jean jacket that has all the cool patches on it. So, um, I, I let him have my, courtesy of mixedupgifts.com, Robert Smith eating an ice cream cone patch to put on his jean jacket. And, um, it's, it's pretty awesome, I gotta say. Uh, I gotta sew it on myself, so it, it's, it's probably gonna fall off in like a day. But, um, so many cool patches and, um and he's looking real cool in it and so can you if you go on over and check out some of those wonderful gifts at mixedupgifts.com until next time thanks so much for listening and uh, go listen to end of the world let me know what you think on our facebook page we'll catch you next time and uh, talk hard